Welcome to Places, everyone. I'm Lonnie Firestone. This is my second episode on the play Pipeline by Dominique Mariso. As part of the Exploring Black Narratives program, my co-director, Kendall Pinckney, and I are bringing theater study to Jewish high schools. In particular, we're introducing plays by pathmaking contemporary Black playwrights. At one high school, Shalhevet in Los Angeles, we worked with English teacher Namit Nagel and brought our program to both of her 11th grade English classes. The interview you're about to hear was recorded in a session with her students. Our guest this episode is actress Andrea Harris-Smith, who starred in Pipeline at Studio Theater in Washington, D.C., and played the lead role of Naya. The Shalhevet students prepared questions for Andrea, and following the interview, the students reflected on what they learned. Their insights are wonderful to behold. If you're not yet familiar with the narrative of Pipeline, here's an overview so you can follow the questions. Pipeline centers on a public high school teacher named Naya, whose own teenage son, Omari, attends a private boarding school. Naya's ex-husband, Xavier, Omari's dad, believes that the private school will give Omari the best education, though it's a distance from his home and Omari would be one of the only black students in his classes. At the start of the play, Naya calls Xavier with the news that Omari has gotten into an altercation with his teacher. The teacher had pressured him to talk about Richard Wright's novel Native Son, as though Omari were the representative to speak about black characters. Feeling increasingly cornered by the teacher, Omari physically pushed back and winds up suspended and at risk of being arrested. Naya worries that the school administrators will see Omari's appearance and respond harshly, channeling him into the school-to-prison pipeline. While Naya is confident in her role as a teacher, she feels inadequate as a parent trying to protect her son. I hope you enjoy this interview with Andrea Harris-Smith and 11th grade students from Shalhevet High School. Hey, everyone. Thank you all so much for your questions for Andrea. Andrea, this is the 11th grade or part of it at Shalhevet in LA. And also on the call here is Kendall Pinckney, who is my co-director in the Exploring Black Narratives program that we're bringing to high schools. So let's kick it off. And one topic that we were discussing a lot in our last session in preparation for your visit today is the idea of control and lack thereof in this play. How does someone have it? How do they retain it? How do they lose it? And who's able to come out feeling like either they can be in control or they can be okay with the understanding that control is not always a certainty. I wanna turn it to Henry with our first question today. My question was, does Naya feel more in control as a teacher or as a parent throughout the play? Cool. Hi, Henry. I think in the research that I did and sort of the imagination that I did for the character, I imagined Naya as a really capable, in-charge kind of teacher. I think she was the kind of teacher who loved her job and really loved her students and took it all really to heart. So I think her classroom was in a way kind of like her safe space. And I think as a parent, deeply in love with her son, 
he was a big challenge to her. And I think she was really challenged by his strength and his needs and ideas. So I think certainly in the moments that we meet them during the play, she is thrown totally off balance by her whole life. And I think even some of what you see when she's teaching is that some of the balance that she's lost at home even bleeds its way into the classroom. So in a place where she's normally really capable and together she's falling apart even there as well. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. I'll turn it now to Jolie with our next question. Hi. So my question is, are you a parent? And if so, are there any experiences from your home life that you've applied into getting into your character that you're willing to share? Hi, I am a parent, Jolie. In fact, my son's name is Henry. Henry, I have an eight-year-old boy and a seven-year-old girl. My life is really different from Naya's. I, in comparison, have experienced a whole lot of privilege. And my kids go to a lovely school and are sort of not, they're young, so our experience doesn't really mirror what Naya is going through. At the same time, I can definitely relate to her experience in the sense that I think I worry a lot about the things that both of my children will face in both the public and private school system in terms of how those systems don't always have the best interests of children of color at heart, even with good intentions. For all of the relative privilege that I do have, I definitely still experience some of the consequences of what it is to be a Black woman right now in America. I'm in D.C. right now. That's where I live. In the last couple of weeks in D.C. have been wild, as you can imagine. And and that sense that the things that we see on the news kind of bleed into one's real life has been really apparent for us this last lockdown period. Gosh, that was really dark. I don't mean it sounds so dark, but yeah, there are shadows. Thank you so much for sharing that, Andrea. And I think that regardless of the school environment that you're in, whether it's an environment that's homogenous racially or diverse racially, it's an important thing to think about that there's there's privilege in terms of comforts, and then there's an awareness of racial imbalances and injustice that you can think about how can I make a situation better in my own environment, regardless of the the makeup racially, like what is the diversity among the students or the staff? What can I be aware of thinking about stories like this to make an environment safer and warmer and welcoming and inclusive, regardless of the kind of a school environment you come from? Just an important thing to think about from stories like Omari's. So can I turn it to Juliana with the next question? Hi, so my question was, do you believe the way your character handled the situation with Omari throughout the play was a reflection of what you personally believed was the right thing to do? That's a great question. And often with actors, you have to sort of decide if you agree or disagree with who your character is, which is a sort of hard thing when you're kind of living inside this person's like needs and wants. I think when I think about Naya, I feel like she is trying so hard to do the best she can. And I think 
like all of us, she makes some pretty big mistakes, but I think she is really trying to keep things together for her son and for herself. And she's dealing with really big stakes and issues that like the school to prison pipeline is a real system that she's trying to fight against. And Omari has put himself right at the mouth basically of this big system. And she's trying so hard to hold him back. It's funny. I think the language in the play, but also the imagery feels really literal to me that like, I I can really imagine him like going down a chute and her like trying to hold him back. So I think in those kinds of high stakes, right and wrong or agree and disagree is a really hard thing to quantify. It's just like, hold on, I think is what she's trying to do more than anything else. And whether that's right or whether I would do the same thing or whether I agree with her from the outside is harder to say. It's really hard to answer that. We talked in our last class about how thrown off we would feel if our parents said to us, I don't know how to handle this. This is out of my capabilities as a, as an, as a parent. And we would just feel so completely jarred and unsettled by that experience. And I want to turn it to Jessica, who, who has a question that really illuminates that. Hi. So my question is, when acting out the scenes between Naya and Amari, were you able to connect with Naya on the idea that she doesn't know how to take care of someone that she loves? Were you able to, oh, sorry. No, 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 I'm just remembering your question because it was so intense. I think when I read it, I was like, oh my God, like not being able to care for someone you love is like, anyway, sorry, carry on. Finish finish the sentence and then I'll. Were you able to connect with the situation as if you were the child and your parents didn't know how to help you? Which one did you or do you connect to more? So yeah, I obviously really connected to the first part. And I think maybe it's personally because my kids are little, like the thought of not being able to care for a small child is like the worst possible nightmare. But absolutely, like I think I definitely can relate to, well, I'll tell a quick story in connection. So my kids right now, because of Black History Month and things going on in DC, they're doing a unit in their virtual schooling about Black Lives Matter. And in fact, I was sitting at the table this morning with my son and his teacher was talking about statistics and about how Black boys are at a certain grade of school are four times more likely to go to prison than their white counterparts. And my son sort of out of his class looked at me and was like, is that me? Will, will that happen to me, mommy? And I, and I completely, I had no answer. I absolutely shut down and could, I, because it was such a complex answer that I wanted to give to him of like, of course not, no, but what you need to understand is, and when you're older and the privilege that we have and blah, blah, all of that is going in my head really fast. And I just stared at him and was like, I, we're going to have to talk about this later. I had nothing productive or simple to say to him. And it was fine. Obviously he didn't clue into all the complexity that was going in my head, but those kinds of moments happen as a parent that like, 
I think of myself as a pretty capable mom, and I think of Naya as an incredibly capable person. But some of the issues that you deal with as a parent, some of the issues that you deal with as a Black parent are so large and so complex and, and so difficult for you to process, much less processing that in a safe and comfortable way for your children. Sorry, long way around the woods, but the answer is that I think I definitely related more as a parent than as a child. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica, for your great question. And thank you, Andrea, for speaking so openly with us today. And I, I think we can all recognize that there are so many challenges of parenting, of being a child, of talking to your parents, and that when there is the element of, of, an, of awareness of one's race and the way that it is impacting you and your society, it is this complete other element that's on top of that, that just adds to the complexity of the parent-child relationship. Uh, Liad, can you take the next question, which is also on the topic of Naya's sense of control? Yeah. Hi, my name is Liad. So I just wanted to ask, while playing Naya, how do you try to show and embody her loss of control while still being an actress in control? Great questions, you guys. So, that's twofold. I think some of that as an actor can be really technical, almost like choreographed. I spent a lot of time thinking and researching panic attacks and like how people who are experiencing like anxiety, like physical anxiety, how that happens in a body and what that does to somebody and what that is saying about mental health and psychology. So there's a moment later in the play where she sort of loses control physically, loses her breath, and it's just, so we had that like completely choreographed. And it was a very technical thing that allowed me to be in control as an actress. On the other side of things, there's a very organic process that happens emotionally where once I've done all of that technical work, my imagination and my emotions sort of mix and a very natural flow can happen that for example in the scene with Xavier the ex-husband there's a lot of up and down she's sometimes on top of the argument she's sometimes below the argument and sometimes in that argument I would be almost stuttering with anger and other times I would be laughing other times I would be really stiff and other times I'd be really flowing and those things could change from performance to performance. And there's a sort of freedom in that where I wasn't necessarily in control as an actress, but I was safe enough to let things flow. Once you have a kind of skeleton where you know what you're gonna do and you know what points you're trying to aim at, this also depends on like a great director and a great scene partner, you can let yourself be quite free. Some actors are freer than others. I've worked both in America, but also abroad in England. I trained in Britain where everything is very technical and emotions and feelings are not really discussed very much. British actors can be incredibly feeling, incredibly emotional, but it's not 
a part of the process as much. So, so it's an interesting control is relative <laughs> and, and it can be fluid. Gosh, I hope I answered that. I said a lot of different things. I hope it made sense to you. Raina, can you take the next question? Hi, my question is throughout the play, what scene did you um, connect to the most? Yeah, it's so hard because I loved them all. And I really did enjoy so many of the scenes, but I think the very final scene, the very final moment where Naya and Omari come back together and he's telling her the things that he needs her to do without fail every single performance. And I did it with two different Omaris. We had two different actors playing the son. I just couldn't help but be kind of like overwhelmed seeing my own real son growing up and being mature and kind of telling me who he wanted to be in the world. Like even just thinking about that, that's like, no matter how hard I tried not to really be taken away by those emotions, it just, I was always there. There's a moment where he says something to me and I start laughing. And you know how sometimes when you're laughing so hard, you start crying. It would always happen. There would be like a moment where I'd be in the middle of a laugh and then I'd just lose it and be crying. Yeah. So I guess that was it, that I connected so much that I just, every night. Now I will admit to you guys, the hardest scene for me was the teaching scene. And I loved it. And in a lot of ways, I think it's part of why I got the part. I remember doing it for the audition and feeling like I really nailed it and, and that I understood the, the feelings and the emotions and the point of the scene really well intellectually. But translating that to an audience, it was a relatively small theater and I taught to the audience. You, the audience was the classroom. So each night I was teaching to a new class and each night I had to really give them the poem and really share with them in the way that they're gonna receive it. And that was hard. Sometimes you get people who just didn't wanna hear it. Students sometimes are not that interested in the lesson. Sometimes you get people who were really involved but not quite giving me what I needed or you know, the partnership, which it absolutely was was unpredictable. And so I find that one really hard. And also because at the end of that scene, I have to kind of, what's a big climactic emotional moment of hearing Omari in the room and dealing with him. And so that was super hard. Yeah, I'd love to do it again, just to get that scene right. Which would make you all respect Miss Nagel so much because teaching is the hardest job there is. Absolutely. <laughs> so is there anyone else who'd like to, to volunteer a question who hasn't had an opportunity? Okay, then. Thank you so much to Andrea. It's a pleasure. I think everyone just enjoyed having you here so much. Aww. Thanks for spending some time with us today. This has been such a pleasure. And I, I don't know, I'm thinking of so many questions, but maybe I'll find a way to ask you another time. But 
Have a wonderful weekend. Yes, and you guys. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you guys are getting to read the play. It's an amazing one. There are lots of other Dominique Morceau plays that are great too. So in your free time. (laughs) And once the theaters open up again, you can go see some. Yeah, well, I hope you get to be in that theater again soon. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, she's so awesome. Tell me your thoughts on hearing from someone who embodies Naya. What did you think differently or learn that opens up the play a little bit? Naomi. I thought it was very eye-opening to kind of listen to like the different perspectives and like different layers that went into her character and kind of like further like demonstrating how she acted and what kind of pushed her to tap into like her raw emotions within that moment and I thought that was very like fascinating to listen to. Beautiful that's great feedback. Marley. Yeah so when we watched the play it was like we were seeing the final product I guess and it was just interesting to see how much goes into it like she struggled a lot like what she just said with the teaching moment but to us it seemed like so good and so powerful and it seemed like that was like her first try but like there's a lot that goes into like becoming Naya becoming that teacher and being able to like teach an audience that's different every night. So it just like, it was cool to see her perspective on how difficult that was. But for to, from our perspective, it looked like the easiest thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Are any of you performers, musicians, actors, singers, just the experience of being in the rehearsal room or practicing or being at home, it's very unglamorous. You're just getting it right repeatedly. And then hopefully when you perform, it's this really polished, finished product. Eva. When she was talking about how like in the classroom, like she she views Naya as like a very like structured person. And then like when she goes home, like everything's falling apart and like bleeding into each other. It just made me think about like our teachers and like how what we experience from them like in the classroom is just very different from like what their lives might be like at home. Like how somebody might appear to you like on the surface is not like the entire story. I was just just I mentioned this in the last class, and, but in the chat, I didn't get to expound on it. But this is something I spoke about at one of our school events, how being a mother and a teacher, I feel like there are days where I'm a really good mother and there are days where I'm a really good teacher, but there are very few days where I'm both. And I'm very consistently aware of that. And I really connected to Naya's character that way when she fell apart like that, trying to teach and trying to think about her son at the same time and how hard it is to carry both those roles, uh, it's something I think about. That's maybe, I'll, I, w- I should have asked Andrea, but maybe I'll ask her late another time. Well, I was so impressed by the questions you proposed and pretty blown away by how intelligently you thought about this play and just thinking about literature, thinking about characters. I've been like beyond excited and impressed to be spending time with you. I just, I cannot think Lonnie enough and Kendall, I I would not have known about Pipeline. I would not have been able to bring you this unit on a personal level and to be able to engage all of you guys. I'm so grateful. And I, I know that I've gotten many emails from you. Also so appreciative of this unit. We talked about windows and mirrors and we got both of those things. So thank you so much and thank you for joining us and maybe you'll visit again. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Places Everyone on iTunes or Spotify. And follow me, Lonnie Firestone, on Instagram. 
podcast production and original music by Cody Crab. Artwork by Jennifer Klockner. See you next time.